You're listening to the Hudson Valley Region Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ, teaching and worshiping God in the beautiful New York State counties of Orange and Rockland. You know, throughout history, God has called ordinary people to do extraordinary things, hadn't he? You look through the Bible and there's many, many stories of common men or common women who are called to do uncommon things. A guy named Noah, who had never seen rain before, was called to build a giant boat. Because God said, guess what? There's going to be a downpour and you got to get ready. And he did. A guy named Abraham who was old and childless. God called him and said, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. Not not metaphorically the father, but literally a father. A father of a great nation. Nehemiah, he was a comfortable royal advisor. And God came to him and said, I want you to go and rebuild a broken city. Saul. Saul was a persecutor of Christians. And Saul was called by God to become one of the greatest preachers of Christianity the world has ever seen. So this is what God does. God calls uncommon people to do common things. And he still does it to us today. He still calls us today. He still calls us as ordinary people to still speak boldly about him at work, or at school, or in our neighborhoods, no matter what the response is from people. He still calls us today to have unwavering faith in the midst of challenging situations in our families. He still calls us to trust Him wholeheartedly, no matter what our physical issues are going on in our life. He still calls us to be examples of excellence when people around us are just so full of apathy so many times. He still calls us to be absolutely pure in a world that is filled with sexual confusion everywhere and all the time. He still calls us to love people who don't even like us. So he's constantly calling us today, ordinary people, to do extraordinary things. But the problem is, problem is sometimes we respond poorly to this call from God, don't we? Sometimes we don't necessarily step up to the plate. We don't necessarily step up and do what it is that God is calling us to do. Sometimes we don't listen. Sometimes we don't even know that we're being called by God. Today, we're going to look at a man in the Old Testament who was called by God, a man named Isaiah. And we're going to read his response when he was called by God. And we're going to learn from him. And we're going to learn from God. And we're going to see how we should, as godly men and godly women, respond when God calls us. So, Uh, We're going to read from Isaiah chapter 6. Let me give you a little background before we read this. What I'm about to read to you took place in about 740 B.C. The Israelites at this time were not doing well spiritually. Their leadership was unspiritual. They were worshiping false gods. And they were turning their hearts as a people, turning away from God. And God was getting to the point when he was about ready to let them be swept away. So he calls a man named Isaiah to preach to them. Right? He calls this man to help get their hearts back on track. This man named Isaiah. So let's read about God's calling 
of Isaiah. It says there in verse 1 of Isaiah chapter 6. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, which are like angels. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Verse 5, Woe to me, I cried. For I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See? This has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Wow, what an amazing story of a man who was called by God. Here Isaiah comes into the presence of God. And the Bible says there are these seraphs, like angels flying around, declaring the the mighty power of God. And their voices were so powerful as they circled around this altar and and praised God that even the doorposts shook. I mean, it was an amazing, an amazing uh, just thing to behold. And Isaiah was there. And he's sitting there. And he suddenly, his first response is what? His first response is is probably what you and I might do in the same situation. His first response is to look at himself. And he says, woe is me. What am I doing here? Can you relate? I can. I felt that before. I've I've experienced the greatness of God not not like this. I've never seen an angel or been in the not but I've I've experienced what I felt is wow, this is God and God is amazing and how look how great God is. And then I've responded at times by going, Woe is me. What am I doing here? Why am I here? And though this is an honest response. It is an honest right, you know, woe to me. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a man of unclean lips. Even though Isaiah's response is very honest, there is some selfishness in there. There's a little selfishness. That's honest because he's admitting his weaknesses, right? He's being honest with where he's at. I preached a whole sermon about that last week. If you missed that, you can go online and listening, listen to the whole idea of owning your faults, owning your weaknesses. So yes, there's some honesty to this, but there's also a little bit of selfishness to this. And the reason is, is because Isaiah has come before the presence of the mighty God and he's only looking at it with one lens, the lens of himself. He's looking at himself and how he measures up in this. And God's solution to this What's God's solution? God's solution is to give him a brand new perspective. 
That's God's solution. You know, in life, we see most things and we describe most things in relation to other things. Don't we? We do this without even realizing it. Like if I said to you, hey, can you get that book for me? You say, well, yeah, where is it? And I say, it's over there by the window. Right? I've just described to you where something is or, or what something is in relation to something else. Hey, when are you going to go eat lunch? Oh, I'm going to go after church. All right, so you've just described something in relation to something else. How far is it to Albany? Ah, it's about two hours. So again, you've just described something in relation to something else, which I think is kind of funny because hours are not really a unit of, of distance, but, you know, that's how we say it, right? Oh, it's about two hours, and we know what we mean. But we describe things all the time in relation to other things. And so what selfishness becomes is selfishness is when we see things or we think of things or we describe things or we talk of things or we react to things only in terms of ourself. That's what selfishness is. It's when we look at stuff in terms of our talents or our abilities or lack thereof, our feelings, our fears, and that's, that's when we start to become selfish. Well, how does this make me feel? How does this make me look? What are people going to think of me? What about my time? What about my hurts? How will I ever be able to do that? When God calls us to, to do great things in our lives sometimes, often what we do by default is we change it and we see it only through our eyes. We only see it through our abilities and what makes sense to us. And the sad thing is, I don't know about you, but, but for me, this can lead to these emotional do- downward spirals sometimes in my life. You know, you ever have one of those days, you know, you just sort of see everything in terms of you and then you just, it just goes downhill from there. You know, you start thinking things like, I can't do anything right I'll never do anything for God. This will never work out. Things will never change. I'll never be happy. You know, it's just, you know, wah, wah. And it just goes down and down and down. And like Isaiah, we get called by God, but our response is, woe is me. Woe is me. Nobody likes me. I'm just worthless. I'm a wretch. And we can only see things through one lens. Us ourselves. But the solution that God gives to Isaiah and the solution that God gives to us is this. God gives a new perspective. God gives us a new reference point, a new way to describe things, a new way to relate to things, a new way to see things. That's what he does here. In fact, he says to Isaiah in verse five, right? He says in verse five, he says, Uh, Well, well, Isaiah says, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth, and he said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. God says, See, look, Listen, I'm going to give you another perspective. I'm going to take care of your problem and I'm going to give you a new point of reference. Him! That's what God wants. 
when he calls us. That's why it's so important that we read the Bible. Because the Bible gives us perspectives that we can't find in ourselves, doesn't it? Let me give you some examples. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, this is a verse you've probably heard before. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This says that in all things, God works for the good of those. In all things? What about these difficult things going on in my life? Yeah, that's all things. Well, what about this problem that I have over here? Yeah, that's included in all things. Yeah, but what about this terrible thing that there's just no way this is ever going to work out? Yeah, God says all things, He works for the good of those who love Him. A brand new perspective for you and for me. One that doesn't center around you, but centers around him. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Yes, we have temptations. Yes, Satan rears his ugly head and comes at us and puts us in situations where we think there's no way out. But God says, I've got another perspective. There's another perspective. Him. He's the perspective. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But He will provide a way out. We just got to find it. We just got to look for it. Another perspective. John 16, verse 33. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me, talking about Jesus, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. A new perspective. A a perspective that doesn't center around you and your feelings and your thoughts and your hurts and your pains, but a a perspective that, that, that comes from God and is centered around him. Yes, Isaiah needed his sins atoned for, didn't he? He was right. And he got it, and it changed him. You know, I know we have people here today who aren't Christians, and you need your sins atoned for. You know, I hope that you will get it. It's not rocket science. It's really not. You don't need advanced degrees to understand this stuff. In fact, we train our members, we train our leaders here to be able to teach people how to teach people. So there's people sitting right around you that can help you learn what it means to become a Christian. You don't even have to get with me. You know, you can get with somebody else in this room that can help you and teach you. So if you're not a Christian, yes, you need your sins forgiven, and I hope you'll get it. I hope you will take it. But what I'm talking about is those of us who are Christians, who have had our sins atoned for. Too many of us still sit and go, woe is me. Too many of us sit and think, I'm ruined. Instead of stepping up and embracing the new perspective that God has given us. Having God's perspective means saying things Instead of saying things like, how does this make me look? We say things like, well, how can I help others for God? Instead of saying things like, what will people think of me? We start to think, well, what will people think of God 
in this situation. Instead of saying things like, well, what about my time? We start thinking things like, well, how can I use my time to serve God and serve other people? Instead of saying things like, well, that hurt me, we start thinking things like, well, maybe I hurt God in this process. Instead of saying things like, I can't do it, we can start saying things like, wow, I can't wait to see how God's going to work this one out. Right? This is what it means to take on a new perspective based on God and not ourselves. Selfish hearts lead to selfish actions. But embracing God's perspective leads to seeing God do amazing things, even through us, just common, ordinary people. So the question I have for us today is this. What is God calling you to do today in your life? I I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's calling you to have a faith in a very, very tough situation. Maybe he's calling you to deal with an unresolved conflict in your life. Maybe he's calling you to just sit down and study the Bible, to open the scriptures up. Maybe he's calling you to become a disciple, you know, to, to step out on faith, to get baptized. Maybe he's calling you to leadership. Maybe you are a Christian, but you have gifts and talents that you need to use for him. Maybe he's calling you to help other Christians. Maybe he's calling you to sacrifice. Maybe he's calling you to start seeking first the kingdom, like he says in in the book of Matthew. Maybe he's calling us to, to build spiritual family right here in the church. Maybe he's calling you just to confess your sins and repent of your sins. I don't know what he's calling you, but how are you responding to it? What is your response? Like Isaiah, are you sitting there going, woe is me, Uh, I can't do it, can't do it. Or are we embracing this new perspective that God is giving to us? You know, God's perspective of you and me, it's amazing. It really is. It really is amazing. This is one of my favorite verses. Isaiah chapter 1 Verses three and I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter one, verses three and four, it says, praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Wow. The Bible says that God sees us as holy and blameless. In his sight, in his sight, his perspective, his view, he looks down at you and me and he goes, wow, that is a holy and a blameless person. Well, feel, I, feel, I don't really feel that way. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, no, I do care. I care how you feel. But I don't, I don't care. I don't, it doesn't matter what we feel because our feelings don't change what the Word of God says. And thank God that our feelings don't change the Word of God. Because the Word of God says that in His perspective, that we as Christians are holy and blameless, without blame. There's no sin on our soul. As Christians, it's been wiped away. It's gone. It's totally gone. That's his perspective. Now, my perspective 
is I see my sin all the time. You see my sin. I see your sin. We see each other's sin. But our perspective is not what we're going for. What we're going for is God's sight. What God sees. God's perspective of you and me is amazing. And if we would but have the courage to embrace it, how would that change our lives? What would we do differently? Who would we be? If we embrace God's perspective, it would alter us. It changed Isaiah, right? In verse 8 there, it's after all of this happened, after the angel came down and provided him with forgiveness. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah, raising his hand, said, Here am I, Lord. Send me. I'll do it. What do you, you have changed me. Isaiah took on his perspective and it changed him. And he said, I'll do it. What do you need? Sign me up. I don't even know what it is. God didn't even give him any details. God just says, I need somebody to do something. I'll do it, God. That's what happens when we embrace God's perspective over our own. God loves us. He wants what is good for us. So let us be humble men and humble women and let us embrace his perspective of us. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Hudson Valley Region podcast. For more information about our ministry or to attend a church service, please visit our website at hvregion.com.